everyday witches emerge from the shadows of secrecy. Broom closets are flinging open and witches are taking flight. Whether you are hiding in your cozy closet or flying with pride, stay for a spell as witch casting with Theodora Pendragon and her guests share magical moments, stir the cauldron and debunk misinformation and misconceptions about paganism, witches and our wonderful world of magic. This is Witch Casting with Theodore Pendragon, and today my special guest is Dawn Grace Kelly. She's an internationally renowned past life regression therapy expert. Welcome, Dawn. Hello, hello. Nice to be here, Theodore. Where in the world are you? I am in New Zealand, so from where you are, I'm right down the bottom of the world. And your season is the opposite of mine. Yes, I'm looking at you with uh, short sleeves there and thinking it's probably (laughs) warm in Texas. Uh, It's cold here. We're winter. I'm at the top of the South Island in Nelson, which is not as cold as down where they ski a bit further down. But, yeah, we've had some frosty mornings and I've got my heater on next to me here. Well, I'm jealous of you right now because we have been in over 100 degrees for several weeks now. Oh, I do Celsius, so I have to do maths to work that out, but I believe you that it's hot. <laughs> let's talk about past life regression. Yeah, let, let's talk about that because that's pretty cool. Yeah, what would you like to know about past life regression? Let's talk about how you started your past life regression therapy. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's a good place to start, isn't it? <laughs> I was raised by a metaphysical student, so that was kind of helpful to have in my periphery. So I was kind of savvy to some of these concepts when I I was younger, although my my journey um, as a teenager, I was wanting to move more into natural health. I wanted to be a naturopath and I was studying in my late teens to become a naturopath. I was lured by the supposed glamour of being a flight attendant, which kind of diverted me for a while. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I do say that was a past life in this life, really. Oh, no, we, we have these past lives in our current life, don't we? All these different <laughs> chapters that we do. Uh, so I was um, working as a, as a flight attendant in Australia, where I'm from, and I was continuing my naturopathic studies and natural health studies along the way, thinking that was a temporary kind of move. As it was, I did do that that for about 10 years. But I was continuing studies through there and I was introduced to spiritual healing, which is where I began actually, by my massage teacher, working guided with spirit coming through my hands. And, and that was um, an amazing experience for me, which I was able to couple in with the channeling that I was doing at the time. My my eldest brother had died a few years earlier and that had inspired me to connect with spirit and he taught me quite a bit from the other side. So I was already doing kind of spiritual stuff there in my late 20s and I'd been reading all the books about past life regression as we do, Dolores Cannon, Brian Weiss, etc., so it was a concept that was fascinating to me and uh, I thought, 
that I wouldn't get to do a regression um, in Perth in Australia at that time in, in the 80s when I was there. It was like this foreign um, thing to me that I'd never heard of in Australia. And then unbeknownst to me, somebody just began, had just been trained and was just starting to do that work in Perth. So I couldn't get there quick enough to experience my first regression. So the content of the life, that was all very interesting. Uh, Yet for me, it was this experience of dying and moving to the other side that was quite profound somatically, psychologically. And I I just couldn't get enough of that experience and that feeling. So I went from um, believing in past lives to knowing that this was a reality. Uh, So I experienced quite a few of my own uh, lives with her and not too long after that time, Reverend Neville Rowe was coming out from the States to teach this modality. He was the teacher of my therapist and I eagerly signed up, very thrilled to be able to learn this and Neville died a couple of weeks before he arrived, which I, I think is fascinating in this particular field. So I didn't get to learn it with Neville. However, my therapist taught herself how to teach and was began passing on his, his work and I was in her first course. So that's how that began. And I was still a flight attendant, so I was doing all my practice on flight attendants and trying to regress pilots who don't regress easily, very left brain. And as I was feeling I was coming to a close with my flying career, I, d- I just wanted to do more of the spiritual work. So Coupled with spiritual healing and past life regression, I ended that career and began in my late 20s to be a healer. So that's how it began. That's the beginning story. Would you like to share a little bit about your first regression? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, sure. So the first experience that I went into, I was uh, a young boy. And where would I have been? Uh, Maybe America. We don't tend to get dates and countries because that's a very left brain uh, concept and we want to stay quite right brained, although sometimes that information comes through. You know, I was a young boy in a, in a, um, a small cabin kind of environment with my family and the last scene, so it was kind of a not so much interesting content at that point, but my father had come home and I was terrified. Uh, I hid and he was angry. He was in a rage. He hadn't been able to find food. Uh, It was very cold and he decided to torch the house. He was done with the hardness and difficulty of his life. So fire started to happen. So it was a a bit dramatic from that perspective and my regressionist was wanting to help me through the trauma of the fire about to come. But, of course, I left my body. I say, of course, because we do leave our bodies before traumatic things happen. So I had left my body before the fire hit me. And she was wanting to know what was happening with my uh, family and and I'm busy leaving my body. And I'm like, I don't care about any of that anymore. I'm just loving this feeling. And I was very much in this beautiful feeling of transitioning and being in spirit. Uh, And she was uh, busily trying to guide me into what else was happening, but I just didn't care about that traumatic life anymore. And I went from that life, you know, the fun and the bliss of being out of body we went into a second life, which was particularly uh, uh, interesting, actually, because I was not from Earth. I was um, on another planet in a different kind of, uh, well, ET, if you want to use that word, body. And I was uh, 
some kind of commander of um, a team that was on a different planet, not where we were from. We were part of a search party and we were looking for people. And as uh, that story unfolded, I learnt that we had to evacuate these people because the planet was about to blow up, which I didn't realise until we were running and on a small craft that we'd just got out in time and I watched this planet blow up, which it gives me goosebumps telling you this now because it was profound watching that, absolutely incredible. And we had saved a few, uh, a, a number of people, quite a few people, there were a lot of craft there, and we were telling, uh, we were trying to work out what to do with these people. I was involved in team conversations about where we were going to relocate them. Uh, and this is kind of fresh for me because I was just teaching advanced past life regression just a few weeks ago where I do share the actual audio of this, which was a cassette tape back in the day. There's a bit of ageing. <laughs> I've got that online now. So, yeah, and we critique that. We critique the rest regressionists for when we're doing that, so that's kind of interesting. But the, the life's kind of fresh. So we were trying to relocate these people and, you know, and I'm there saying, you know, they're not very bright, these people. In fact, they're pretty stupid. I just hear myself in this hypnotic voice and, and they were humans. So this was very interesting, but they were not living on Earth and Earth was a place we were looking at relocating them. But we were about to try some... Um, some modifications we hadn't done before to get them into some different frequency band where we were and I was not feeling comfortable about it and I was starting to have some unusual emotions and we were quite an emotionless race from uh, what I was, the information I was getting in this regression and I was being ostracised and I was getting confused about my feelings. I wasn't liking what was happening and I took myself off on a, a, a small craft to die. That's what I wanted to do. I found some blue gaseous liquid and I had that liquid and it was very, very painful, very sharp through my body and then I was out of my body. And as I was out of my body, I was unable to sort of move away, so quite earthbound. I mean, spirit attachments and is something else I work with, so I was definitely earthbound. I wasn't wanting to take off and recover anywhere. I was feeling a lot of guilt for not helping and for leaving so early. And we had to do a bit of therapeutic work around all of that before I could transition. So that was quite interesting, that particular life. And I think I went on to do another one that isn't that I don't remember so so well at the moment. So yeah, that was my first couple of lives. So and that's why I kept going back for more because the content itself is well that particular content's interesting, but the therapeutic work that comes through as to how that aspect of you is getting in the way today, that's what I'm particularly interested in. So I was doing some deep healing work but also enjoying this realisation that life after death is not just this wonderful concept that I believed but I had this like complete knowing of it, which I loved. So I went on to um, begin teaching it a couple of years later. As far as healing from past lives, are you saying that we carry over our issues, our problems, our trauma to each lifetime until it's resolved? Yeah, I didn't say that, but you're right in working that out from what I was saying totally because that's exactly what happens. So not with every lifetime, but what happens is when we die or just before we die, this is a key part of learning how to do regression is how to facilitate this dying experience those thoughts and feelings that we have in the final moments before we let go of our body, we take with us. Any fear-based thoughts or feelings, they come with us. And 
they come into other lifetimes. So so when we don't make peace with our guilt and our resentment and our anger and our frustration and our shame, they come through into another lifetime. And I've certainly learned in doing this for so many decades that we don't just do one or two lifetimes on one theme. We do a ridiculous amount of lifetimes on the same theme just in a different body. We're actually really, really slow to learn unbelievably slow to learn it can take dozens and dozens of lifetimes on the very same theme and then here we are in 2023 still doing the same thing so once we do some therapeutic work with how that character is influencing us so let me back up a little bit here I see this like a spirit attachment so I see this like another aspect of our higher self that hasn't integrated back into the higher self because it hasn't made peace So it's a part of us that's standing with us saying, don't go near men with hats because you know what happened last time. Don't get in the water because you know what happened last time. Stay away from getting your voice out because you know what happened last time. And, in fact, you know, and I think I, I, I know you're all about witches, which is so cool and so exciting, and I do a lot of work with that. You know, my my main audience, uh, sorry, my main clientele is um is light workers or, or healers. So that, that's where my passion is, is helping them wake up. And so I, I do see a lot of lifetimes where witches are persecuted. And then we leave our body. So it's unique to the individual, of course, and I'm just remembering a, a life of mine where one of my lives where that happened, where I, I was uh, killed for being a witch. And so I'm thinking about the uniqueness of those thoughts and feelings when we die. It's not the same for all of us. And I remember I left with a lot of re- resentment and anger about religion in particular from that particular life, and that has affected me for a long time, so I was able to shift that. But getting our voice out is really difficult. I'm talking very generally and collectively here for healers and lightworkers who have gone through those experiences, which, as you know, went on for hundreds and hundreds of years be coming into our power as a healer or earning money as a healer uh, can be difficult until you shift those really ancient patterns of it isn't safe to talk about all the cool stuff that we're into because we're being killed for it. So, yeah, repetitively I see healers be able to, like they do that therapeutic work to let go of that patterning in their field and the spiritual healing work to release that character of themselves back into the light and then they're free to do whatever they're meant to be doing in this life, and then we're completely wrapping up karma. So one thing that that I'm noticing is in this period of time that we're living in where there's such a shift that, I, that I'm sure your, your viewers, a lot of your viewers might be aware of where consciousness is accelerating and expanding, these, our lifetimes, you know, our trauma from current life and our trauma from past lives are coming more to the foreground because we're being called to let go of karma so we can hold more of our higher self and do the work that's going to help raise the consciousness on this planet. (laughs) I think I might have diverted myself a little bit there. I hope I answered your question. (laughs) Oh, you were very thorough. You you gave me more information than I was expecting. (laughs) Can you tell us about other souls in our lives, do we connect repeatedly through each incarnation with the same souls? You know how we talk about soulmates or we 
have unresolved issues, maybe with a parent or a friend or somebody in our life where we say, hey, you know, I feel like I know this person and, you know, maybe I don't like this person. I don't even know why. Or yeah, or it was love at first sight. What all does that mean as far as past lives coming into our present life? So we do have soul groups. Yeah, we definitely do have soul groups. And uh, I think our families, our partners, our children, our, our closest buddies, these are all people that we've been with many times before. So they're not new and they're not random. And once again, this is general because it won't be exactly the same for everybody, but we've all got soul groups. I imagine some people do, you know, have people close to them that are new, but I don't think that's that's the norm. You know, we need people we need people that are really close to us when we're in spirit world planning what we're going to do. It's like I, I need a mother who's going to neglect me because that's what's going to get me to go deeper within myself to learn about self-love and how to hold myself. And one of your soul group will go, well, I love you. I'm totally into that because I'll get to learn da-da-da-da. I'll be the bitchy mother. I'll play that role for you. And you know each other so well because you've done all of these different roles before. So soul groups, yes. What you're saying is that the soul chooses its parents. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Because we look, we have a play that we've got to do. So so we want we want the country that we're drawn to where we're gonna get this. See, we have these lessons. We're trying to make peace with all of these lifetimes where stuff's happened before. So we want to set ourselves up as well as we can. We want to know the country that we want to be in and we want to know the parents and we, we're, we're wanting this kind of overview. So I guess for some souls it would be maybe this country dominates my need for a particular type of mother so I'm going here. So it would be quite complex on that side how it's planned, yet we definitely plan who we're going to be hanging out with. Yeah, definitely. I've never seen a case where we haven't had past lives with our parents before or our partners, but I'm open to the fact that that might not always be the case. So we definitely plan it because we need particular experiences to be able to make peace with what's happening. So yes, when I'm working, doing this therapeutic work, we often have to do, you know, inner child work or, you know, our our family of origin work around our trauma as well as the root life of where it first happened. So, yes, we want to get to the root of it to break this pattern, and, yes, we still need to make peace with what we haven't integrated and stored emotions, et cetera, from current lifetime as well. Yeah, and you also were asking about, you know, bumping into people and having this instant connection. Yeah, that's always past life, always, always, always. And, and we can we get a, if we're quite tuned in, we'll notice we get a little tingle or buzz around the base chakra, and, and I find this interesting because that can feel like a sexual feeling with uh it can with, with like romantic kind of relationships or what we think might be a romantic relationship yet the base chakra is our real root our root stuff is down there so it's often indicating an old connection an old familiar connection rather than you know something that you want to move into a more sexual relationship something i've seen people experience and myself numerous times it's like this it's this recognition we get quite low in the energy system. So what you're saying is if I meet a stranger and that base chakra is ignited, that's a sign. 
It's definitely a possibility and I've seen it numerous times uh, where actually this is not a romantic relationship. This is, it might have been once before, it might have been once before, but this is somebody that's in your soul group or maybe on the periphery of your soul group that you've got some lessons with and a few things to sort out. Uh, so, yes, that, that can definitely happen. And it can also, well, you know, it makes me think about trauma trauma bonding as well. You know, we also get that instant kind of, well, it's a different kind of quality down there, but we do get that instant attraction to somebody who's going to take us in, into our trauma as well, and that would usually indicate that that's from a past life, so both. Yeah. You teach professional healers at your school. It's called Light School. Light School. Tell us about your Light School and what you do for professional healers. Yeah. So Light School is a platform for rate. Well, raising global consciousness is totally what I'm all about. Um, like all of us as light workers, we're here to like level up what's happening, wake people up, uh, bring a higher vibe in. So I'm interested in working with uh, therapists, counselors, healers to upskill them, to upskill them so they can take their clients back into present life to make peace with the inner child, to bring more integration and wholeness to the person so they can unpack this stored, these stored fear-based beliefs and heavy emotions that they've had to keep inside. I believe therapists need to know how to do that if they want their clients to truly heal. And I believe they also need to know how to work in other timelines, uh, in the womb, maybe other planets, and, and if that's the sort of people that they're attracting. We need to be able to go anywhere, I believe, as healers to get to the root of the issue. I don't think we can lock it into here and now or cognitive work to, to be here and now. I think these are all interesting steps, but I'm quite passionate about healers being able to support people. If they're having spontaneous regressions or if they're not healing from X, Y, Z, then we need to go back further. We need to go back to your childhood. We need to go back to the womb. We need to go back between, between lives. We need to go back to a past life. I think it's really smart to be able to travel around when you're working with the subconscious. And if you don't work with the subconscious, uh, I think you need to learn how to do that because we can only do so much with what we know. It's what we've got stored in here that's uh, that really gets things moving along. So, yeah, my school's really about up-leveling consciousness via uh, healing work. So uh, I do teach past life regression. I do a foundation training and then I have advanced training for professional, professional uh, healers so we can just level up the skills and do more inner child work as well. I teach inner child work on its own. Tarot is a, a really fun thing that I love that I use therapeutically that's sort of on the side. And I'm also teaching people how to work with those who have had experiences with ETs. Uh, what else am I teaching there? So my book, Truth, Spirit, Love, uh, is a healing guide. It's a self-healing guide. And I wrote that so you don't have to keep coming and see me me or other healers all the time because there's so much you can do yourself when you've got a few processes and you're a little bit savvy about how healing works. So I put that out so I could move a little bit more away from my private practice, although I do still see clients. Uh, and I teach, I do courses based on that book as well where we can go a little bit deeper with all of the emotions and start to learn a little bit more about some of this stuff. Um, chakra psychology, really important for healers to learn. 
yeah, there's all sorts of things in the metaphysical realm, but they're the main things on the platform at the moment that I, that I'm sharing. So yeah, getting healers up up leveled to be able to just go deeper is is important to me. Do you do the past life regressions through hypnosis? It is a hypnotic uh, process. Yeah, it's definitely a hypnotic process. Regression is is another word. Deep meditation is another word. A, gu- a, a profound guided visualization is another word. But it is a hypnotic state that that we go into definitely, uh, and that's a state that we access every day anyway. So it's kind of that state that that some people get into when they're watching a movie where they things are not they're not concentrating on what's around. I think of my partner playing the guitar, he gets into that state and doesn't hear me when I say, "Hey Perry, you know, we're just going into a slightly different or, or just before we go to sleep even when we can still hear people walking around and the dreams are just starting to come in." So that's an alpha brain state. So that's a, one of the hypnotic states that we're in during the day. So that is the state that we work in. So technically, yes, hypnosis. Yes. Yeah, easy, easy process. Very easy. Yeah, not so easy if you've got a dysregulated nervous system, but that just needs a little bit of calming down. Everybody can, Everyone can get into hypnotic states. Some people fear hypnosis. What can you tell the audience so that they would feel more comfortable if they're interested in this, but they fear hypnosis because they're afraid that they won't have control and someone else may control them. It's a classic fear with hypnosis, which I appreciate and I understand that because who would want that really? I guess some people might want that, but that's not attractive. I totally get that. And and I think hypnosis has been, um, you know, just through the entertainment world, I think we've been a bit programmed to be fearful of it and I believe that's because it's quite powerful. So I think people have been conditioned into, you know, thinking they can be fully controlled. Yet when we're working at such a light state with healing intention, that is not the case. And with what I'm saying through my particular modality and my particular script, you are always in control. You can pull out of anything that you don't like. And really the reality is that our higher self, you know, the wiser, more spiritual part of us that doesn't all fit into the human package has totally got our back all the time. We never go anywhere that we're not ready for. We just never do that, which is why repressed memories come forward for people in their 40s and 50s because they're mature enough, enough um, life experience and, and knowledge to be able to know how to hold themselves through that, yet earlier they couldn't. Their higher self was protecting them. They weren't ready. So we only go to where we're ready. Uh, but being controlled by somebody else, yeah, I'm not so interested in that either. So in my sessions, I work with the higher self and my clients have uh, meet with their higher self and then I guide them to work with their higher self. So I'm kind of behind that. So they're checking in with themselves about what needs to happen next and where they need to go rather than me telling them what to do. So they're in complete control. Who is your typical client? My typical client is a healer, somebody who's generally got their own business in the healing field. Uh, I do still see a few people that are not healers. Uh, so my typical client would, would be somebody who's, who, who's having uh, experiences that they haven't been able to uh, shift with other modalities or they're getting a sense that something's coming from a past life and they need some facilitation to be able to heal that. And obviously my students are in that vein as well. 
So, yeah, I, I think that would be the majority of my client base. For my students, what would their typical client base be? People who are curious and wondering about past lives and if that's a real thing and who they might have been. And they quickly learn that this is a therapeutic process and it can change their life in profound ways. So, yeah, mine is a little more niched. Uh, generally, it would be people who are curious. This is all so fascinating. It's so fascinating, Theodora. It, it never ceases to fascinate me. You know, I, was, I had a session the other day with a client and just mind-blowing the places that we go. In fact, I was doing it. I just did a supervision session with some students yesterday where we were going through their case studies, so I had a lot of stuff on the table. And, and the, what the girls were saying is, you know, have a, this is their early case studies, so they're just very new with the work. They're amazed at how unique and different each session is. Obviously, every session with a client is unique and different in any healing modality that we do. Yet with past life regression, it can take you into so many different places like other planets and and very ancient times with particularly nuanced traumas that we might not have even thought about. And so we can go off in so many different directions with this and it is particularly interesting always about what was going on when they were dying and what they took with them. Even what happened with the death can be something that we have an issue with in current life. For example, being shot, being shot in your left shoulder and you just so happen to have shoulder pain that you can't get rid of today and then it's gone once we've done the, not just because you've remembered it because that's just information. So there's no no healing that's happening just from remembering it. But, but doing the therapeutic work with this, uh, amazing things are shifting. And, and when we do, we, we actually, once they've left the body, we do some review work and then we do some kind of like voice dialogue work where we're separating out from being that character and doing some dialogue with that character to see how they're influencing us today and how they're protecting us and how they're holding us back. And so much starts to come together at that point of, oh, now I know why I was in that life. Now I know how it connects. And then we can get into some deeper forgiveness work and spiritual healing work to make peace with that and lift that out of our energetic pattern. It is profound. So, yes, it's very interesting. I think it's just really important here that that we keep so we, I'm talking the the general, your audience, our, our general, the, the people that are interested in this kind of stuff, we've got to keep an open mind to where our issue resides. And past life isn't the be-all and end-all of everything. It's a very, very important modality for when we're needing to go that way. But for healing, if you're wanting to heal any psychological issues, emotional issues or physical issues in your life today, you've got to get to the root of where that patterning first started. You've got to get to the core of it. You can't just use all the good alternative supplements and, you know, yes, the body might need some help, but why did this pattern first happen in the first place? And when we regress back to when it first began and whether that was last year or 10 years ago or as a five-year-old or in the womb, that's when we see the beliefs that we took on, which is a wave, a wave frequency in our mental field, that, that if we feed that with more of the same thought, 
and allow other people, other people's thoughts that harmonize with that. You know, I'm thinking quantum science here. I'm thinking of the wave patterns that attract one another. So we take on other people's fear-based patterns that build up this fear pattern and then it becomes more dense and becomes an emotion that we've got to deal with. And if that doesn't get processed, i.e. felt, expressed, then it just becomes more dense and becomes like a physical issue in your body, a physical manifestation in your body that starts to hurt your body. And at some point you're like, my body's hurting which, of course, is our body telling us there's something wrong. But when we go to the core of that, we can find that belief and we can do some work with that to let that go. And that's what brings healing about. That's what brings the shifts. And if you can't get to the root of it, you're not going to heal it. So at the very least, you need to be able to know how to go back in current time so someone can experience what they haven't experienced. I don't think we can talk our way out of processing feelings stuck feelings have got to come through and when they shift and come up then there's more space in the body for more light more of our higher self so the more we do our healing work whether it's past lives or current life the more we feel the feelings level up from these belief patterns that are getting in the way there's more room in our body for light and all of the good stuff, our higher self and more light to come in. So I'm thinking through the chakras now. For instance, the heart chakra is where we, the heart chakra is where energy funnels in to vitalize our heart and our lungs and our chest and our arms. So this is a particularly important chakra because the heart does this, you know, it does all the cool stuff to keep us alive, right? So if there's, if there's top, uh, trapped energy or emotion that hasn't been felt here which it which is classic around resentment or, or resentment that hasn't been processed or we could say a lack of forgiveness a lack of love for self and others you know we get shut down through this chakra from um to to feel safe and of course when we're young it's not always safe and we've got to contract and hold everything in when that happens, the energy doesn't flow so well through this energy center, and then our heart, lungs, chest, etc., get compromised. When the heart's compromised, that can obviously manifest in a heart attack, which is still the world's number one killer. Uh, and this is to do with loneliness and resentment and forgiveness. So if, if we can't do those things on a deep, real level, we're compromising our health seriously. So we need to go back to where the root of this is and maybe that's it's quite likely we're going to need to do a past life as well as look at what happened in current life. We want these chakras functioning as well as possible so we can, so we can be as whole as possible. So, yeah, that's a little bit of a diversion from past life, but, you know, our thoughts and our emotions that we don't feel will block us and we will get sick. So when we're sick, we need to, yes, we need to nurture the body as, as in as healthy a way as we can, yet that doesn't heal us. That supports the body. What heals us is breaking those patterns that we've been carting around for usually lifetimes, and then the healing can happen. And, you know, an example of that would be like cancer, classic, where the tumours and the surgeries happened, and then it manifests somewhere else. Like, yes, the surgery was successful. And then later on, it's manifesting somewhere nearby because the real work hasn't been done. 
And yet cancer is something that, that's not difficult to heal when you do work like this, if that's your path to heal. Some people need that path to teach themselves and other people. Sometimes dying is, is the healing. But, yeah, I think you, I hope you get my point there <laughs> about healing. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so broadening this out onto uh, a spiritual level is really smart because we are holistic beings. We are so much more than just this body. The body's one thing that we've got, but, you know, I'm sure this is not a new concept to your listeners at all. We're, we're doing this human game. Our spirit is who we really are and we're doing this human game in this body. So we've got to look after the body and all of the energy bodies. We have an emotional body and a mental body as well as our spiritual body. So they all hold stuff too and we want all of those fields to be as clean as possible. So any tools that we've got that can do that is really important because in our Western world now it's challenging to stay clean emotionally and mentally. You know, there's toxic energy flying around all over the place. So, you know, we, we need to keep ourselves as clean as possible and that often involves getting in and doing the hard work that we don't like to do because we're not used to big feelings. You know, it's usually not safe to have big feelings as a child. So when it comes to our adulthood, we're still learning how to be with emotions really. Yet all we need to do is sit still and breathe into them and feel them. And a bit of maturity shows us that if we breathe and stay with this feeling, it's actually going to pass. They're not going to cart us away because we can't stop this dramatic feeling. And we feel so much better. There's so much more space afterwards. That's when the magic healing really happens. And in each lifetime, we continue to grow and heal. In each lifetime, we continue to grow and heal. Well, yes, yeah. <laughs> I would like to think so, Theodora, but sometimes we're slow. I think now we, we probably will be. But, you know, there's lifetimes where, you know, you're there at the end of life going, okay, that didn't work. I didn't really get it this time. That didn't really work. I could have done things differently. Uh, so I guess growing and healing maybe more on the spiritual level, but we've definitely got the opportunities to do it in life. And there is no hurry because we can take as long as we like. Yet you know, my feeling is why not make peace now so we don't have to keep repeating this and we can get on with the good stuff? So, goodness, we don't want to create more karma. So, you know, be gentle and kind with with life because anyone that you're judging, judgment, there's an interesting thing to talk about because the egos do that, we all do that, but anyone that you're 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 putting a lot of your attention and energy towards you know, you, you, you're creating some karma to sort out later. Acceptance is what we want to be doing. We want to be made, we've got plenty to heal from before. We don't want to be creating more stuff to heal later. And I think now really is a, an amazing time to be on the planet with, with this whole light, dark, energetic kind of war, I guess, that's going on. It's a, it's a pivotal shifting point where the consciousness is expanding so rapidly. Of course, it always was, but there's an intensification going on at the moment. Uh, and and we're, we're being, uh, lightworkers in particular are being woken up more. There, there's downloads coming in. There's um, sparks flying off in, in our minds where we're being awakened by higher aspects of ourselves to the reality of 
of what this is all about. You know, the healing opportunities are enormous, which is why it's often so tough for people at the moment. It's like, bang, bang, there's like how many shocks and how many traumas can we get? Like as many as it takes for you to drop into the feeling and learn how to feel and process and accept this game that you've created because really life is so short and there's so many of them and we take it so seriously. We need to lighten up and feel and trust that we're that we're being guided. There's no, you know, being a victim is 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 just going to delay things for a while. And I, I always think if, you know, when I'm wanting to be a victim, I want to put a cap on that. I'm going to do on it. Maybe I'll do a half hour of whinging about how hard it all is. But, you know, this is, is what brings our energy down, getting into that. There's, there's nothing wrong with our play because that's what we've set up. And, and when we fully trust and know that, life is so much easier. You know, I'm just, you know, we're, we're going through some real big challenges within our family at the moment. You know, things well, we've had to process quite a lot of shock this year and a lot of grief and big emotions are coming through. And it would be easy to say, looking in on that or even being on the inside of that, why me? Why is this happening? This is not fair. This is awful. This is one thing after the other thing. But that's not what we do because we know that this is the plan. This is the play. And when you've done a lot of past life work, you know that it's short and you know you're in a in a game and you know you're learning. So it's like, okay, yeah, this is tough. Yeah, there's some big feelings and we're right on track because my higher self has totally got my back. And where is it all going to land? No idea where it's going to land. I don't need to know because my higher self is completely looking after me. And I think when you when you do a lot of this inner work, in this way, your um, your bandwidth expands. Your well, your consciousness expands really because how can it not when you're experiencing and having feelings in a whole different lifetime? You know, and you can have that component component of maybe uh, you know I feel like I'm making this up, which is a pretty classic thing for people to think because it is the ego's protective device of something completely different and new that it doesn't know. But when you're having deep feelings and there's tears pouring down your face, you know you're not making it up, that, that, that you don't make up the tears. <laughs> so, so once you've been in time travelling like that, because that is what it is, you, you're moving into other uh, frequency time, lines really and that expands your mind. And when your mind is expanded, you're more open to the greater reality of what we're doing here, really. So keep in mind to be gentle and kind to yourself and be gentle and kind to everyone else. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we've got an ego. So it sounds it sounds beautiful when you say that in your lovely Texan accent. <laughs> you, you would think you don't have an accent, but I love it. It sounds so cool to me. Uh, and that sounds lovely. It really does. So being gentle and kind with yourself and gentle and kind with others. Well, yes, that is what we're aiming for. Yet if we do that 100% of the time, we'll turn into guru mode and we won't need to be on the planet anymore. So I guess we've, we've just got to be, yeah, there's no point being here if, we're, if we've made peace with everything. But I, I think reflecting on our, on how we've been with people and then we can make our apologies and and be more authentic around, yeah, I was scared and I said it this way because I've got some stuff coming up that I don't even really understand yet and I put some of that on you. It's accountability really. Um, accountability is really smart and, and not blaming and and noticing your judgment and getting curious about these 
you know, we, we project our stuff onto other people and I don't know, we need to learn that, that we do that so we can constantly be looking at what's going on for ourselves because ultimately everybody and everything is a mirror for us because we are all connected, we are all one, we are all God. So we're talking to a part of ourselves every time we're um, judging or, or blaming someone else. That doesn't mean abuse is okay. We have to have boundaries as well. But still there's something in that for you too. Why are you attracting this? What, what's happening within you? Why is this an issue for you? Yeah. <laughs> a minor expansion on being gentle and kind. I'd like to just leave it leave it there. Right? Let's just all be gentle and kind. Yes. And, and, yeah, then we would have a different world. But we've also got to be in reality. I, I think it's smart just to, to reflect and be authentic and, and, and stay accountable for what, we, what you do and say. Thank you so much for sharing all this with us, Dawn. This has been a very enlightening episode. I've learned so much from you. Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, well, I'm sure it's nothing that you don't know. I think we all know all of this. I just like to think that some of these things that resonate just wake up what we might not have been considering. So I imagine you know a lot about witches which tells me you've got a lot of inner knowledge there. Yes. A lot of inner knowledge there. So, you know, anything that's sparked that expands that is super exciting to me. And it's like, yay, there's more of your stuff that you can use and access. But thank you for being on the show, Dawn. Oh, I've loved talking to you. It's such cool stuff to talk about. I could talk about it endlessly. Yeah, I feel quite passionate about some of those things. It's funny listening to myself. (laughs) I can hear the hear where my passion comes through. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. Like what an opportunity to get to hang out in Texas for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and me in New Zealand. <laughs> I could use your yeah. weather right now. <laughs> Look, you'd you'd love it, Theodora. It, it's a beautiful blue sky and it's sunny and it's just got that crisp, beautiful winter feel to it. And it's really nice when you're in the sun. <laughs> I bet the air smells so fresh. Well, yeah, I've got nothing to compare that to. But, yes, it's pretty clean down here in New Zealand where where I am, so it probably does smell pretty fresh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So cool that that, that you've uh, given me this opportunity to to speak with your listeners today, and I I really trust that that some of your listeners uh, are going to consider some consider some things from this and I hope that it brings some some light or some healing or some inspiration to anybody that's heard this and then, then it's um very exciting job well done and I just love this is another cool thing the people that come together and the greater play of how we all come together so everyone who's hearing this and you and me we've all pulled off this plan we've all come together so there's going to be these little lights or, or or frowns, the opposite of a light maybe, which, which is information as well, right across this group that we've brought together today, and that's exciting. That's exciting to me. It is, and I'm going to put all your social media links in the episode notes so people will reach out great. to you and follow you. Yeah, great. Yeah, I'd love to be connected with, with some of your audience. That would be great. That would be. Thank you for joining us for Witchcasting with Theodora Pendragon. 
Have a burning question or have a topic you'd love Theodora and her guests to discuss on the show? Contact her through Instagram at Theodora Pendragon. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And help us spread the word by leaving us a rating and review and sharing it with your friends. See you next time and may your magic always shine. <laughs>